0: All right, here we go. A lot of people wonder, well, Jesus rose from the dead, and then what happened? We celebrated the resurrection last Sunday. Well, Jesus, over a period of 40 days, he appeared to his disciples, as we know, and in the Bible it says he appeared to as many as 500 people. In his time that he had, 40 days of moving among different various groups of people, and The witnesses and the testimony about Jesus began to to grow and spread. And even though they had tried to stifle and and keep this very thing from happening, uh, it didn't happen. But before he died and rose from the dead, just like Jesus did with his disciples predicting his death and his resurrection, he also told them he was going to send the Holy Spirit to them. Now, the disciples didn't understand what that meant at the time, obviously, But there are some passages in John I want us to look at, and these are the words of Christ telling his disciples about this Holy Spirit who is to come. And there were many words associated with the Holy Spirit. Helper, comforter, advocate, guide, teacher, uh, the one who would empower. So there are many words associated with the Holy Spirit, but let's go ahead and we're going to look at these one by one. John, we're going to start in John chapter 14. There are a couple of verses here, and let's read these together. And this is Jesus before he died and rose again, telling the disciples he was going to send the Holy Spirit, and he used some of these different words as well. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him For he lives with you and will be in you. So we have this image of a comforter, the spirit of truth. The some who will come, he will live inside of them. Let's go on to the next one. I think this is John 15. When the counselor comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And you also must testify For you have been with me from the beginning. So there's a testimony that comes by the Holy Spirit. And then that testimony of verifying Jesus and glorifying Jesus will then become known. And they will go out then as disciples and testify about that. All right, let's move on. John 16. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes... He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. So here we have a a situation of progression. We have the Trinity uh, shown here. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. When Jesus came, he said, I will do what the Father leads me to do and say. I will only do what the Father leads me to do and say. And I will glorify the Father. And Jesus did that. Now he's saying that the Holy Spirit is going to come, that he will send, And the Holy Spirit is going to speak of Jesus and glorify him and so the, the, that which Jesus wants done will be done by the Holy Spirit coming to be with them. So this all was told by Jesus ahead of time. And then the next thing that he does towards the very end of Matthew is he gives them at the very end of the book of Matthew what we know as the Great Commission. We know that the great commandment is, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. The Great Commission is found in Matthew chapter 28, and these are the marching orders that he now gives to the disciples for all of us to follow that continue to this day, and this is known as the Great Commission. So that's found in Matthew chapter 28. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. All right. Then what we find is, is he's talking to meeting with his disciples. He's 40 days now with them. We say there's 40 days of time. And then he gives them another instruction in the book of Acts. Now Luke, the writer of the gospel of Luke, who was very meticulous in his account, in his research, in his writing, in his portrayal. He is also the one who writes the, go- the book of Acts. So Luke is the writer of both Luke and Acts, and in Acts, we have the record of what is taking place now. It's called the Acts of the Apostles, um, and and that is where we're headed now. But in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he says this commission in sort of a, a different way, but in a similar way. Uh, Acts 1, it begins in Acts 1, 6. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Because they thought, okay, now what's next? Remember last week we talked about the fact that on Desperation Saturday, there was, there was no plan, there was no courage, there was no hope. With the resurrection came a plan, came courage, came hope. Well, now he's giving them these instructions. Our, our, so what are we to do? And then he says this. It is not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So here we have all of this lead up and all of this instructions about the responsibilities. But he says to them also, don't go until you have received the gift of the Holy Spirit. Because it is by the power of the Holy Spirit dwelling in them, empowering them, gifting them, changing them, that they're going to be able to go out now and bear witness to what Jesus has said and done, okay? So now there's been 40 days, Jesus ascends to the Father. The disciples, 120 now followers, are in Jerusalem and they are gathered there. And they are to wait for the gift of the Holy Spirit. They don't know what to expect. I mean, we are impatient people, are we not? I mean, we don't like to wait for anything for very long. I don't. I'm a very impatient person. I mean, you stand in line. You can't hardly stand in line to check out at a checkout stand. These people don't know what they're waiting for. They were just told to wait and pray, 120 of them, 10 days. They're waiting. Have you ever waited for anything that you've had to stand in line for to receive for 10 days? Now, I know we have people lining up for Bronco tickets, and they talk about them camping out and all that kind of stuff. Lines of people waiting to the window. You know, I want to be the first one to buy these tickets. 10 days. 120 people are meeting in a room, praying to God Waiting, not knowing what they're to receive or what to expect or what, except that Jesus said, go there, wait 10 whole days. And they're praying. Well, on what is known as the day of Pentecost, which is a, another festival of the Jews, on the day of Pentecost, which is 50 days now from the resurrection of Christ, the Passover. Boom. We get the Holy Spirit, all right? And that's recorded in Acts. So let's go ahead and read that little story. Now that we're staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. There, there were about a million people, mind you, in Jerusalem for this event from all over the land, all over different countries. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard them speaking in his own language. Utterly amazed, they asked, are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in his own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya near Cyrene. Visitors from Rome. Both Jews and converts to Judaism. Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? And that is a good question. So you have all of these people now. Suddenly there was this when there was a shaking, if you've ever been in an earthquake, and I've been in several since we lived in Taiwan, that there's this preceding kind of sound that begins to sort of rattle, and then all of a sudden, you know, everything starts to shake. And so anyway, there was this shaking, there were tongues like fire, these men and women rushed out of this room where they were at, the Holy Spirit was poured out upon them it was a miraculous appearing of the Holy Spirit. This was an event that occurred only at this moment and in this time. It's like the birth of Jesus Christ. So all of a sudden we have the arrival of the Holy Spirit. Boom. And these people go out and they're speaking in all these different languages. They're Galileans and they look at them and say, how are these words coming out of their mouths? And how is it that we are hearing the, these words in our own tongue, in our own languages? All those different languages represented... By these people and they thought they were drunk. It was such a such a crazy event. And now after that comes Peter. Peter stands to the forefront. And he delivers this amazing message of the the purpose. When they asked that question, Peter stood up and he said, I'll tell you what this means. And from then on, he started beginning testifying to Jesus. He began in the Old Testament said, the Old Testament said that Jesus would come. It was prophesied that there would be a Messiah who would come to us. And we have seen and heard and experienced with our own lives who this Jesus is. And we come to declare to you that this Jesus is alive, he's living, he's among us. And that is what you're experiencing today. And these people, because the Holy Spirit was so present and so powerful, cut to the heart They asked, what must we do? And he said, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and be baptized every one of you. And the book of Acts, this wonderful writer of Luke, uh, Luke writing Acts with his accuracy said there were 3,000 people who committed their lives to Christ on the spot. All of a sudden, there is this explosion of believers in Christ. Do you remember back, some of you were here on Good Friday night, you know how how Jesus was praying, and and I said, I wonder if it ever went through his mind because he was fully human after three years of performing miracles and teaching and all the things that he did. I wonder if he thought, I always wondered this. At this point of the journey, before I go to the cross, I thought there would be more with me that would have stayed and believed. Judas had, you know, betrayed him. Peter had denied him, all this. And now all of a sudden with the Holy Spirit's arrival, and Jesus told his disciples, it's better if I go away because if I go away, I'll send the Holy Spirit. He will live within you. He'll be with you. It'll be better. Right now, you can only be with me when I'm with you present, but when the Holy Spirit comes wherever you are, there I am living inside of you. Beautiful, beautiful thing. 3,000 people were saved all of a sudden they've got a church they don't just have a church they've got a mega church and 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 these are all new people they're just all brand new in all of this it's just exploded exploded with this and so at that point then there was no stopping it as you would know And as this grew, it grew, and there was another 5,000. And then it just began to explode and multiply. They obviously got the attention of the people in Israel and in Jerusalem in particular because this is where this all took place. And when Jesus said, I want you to be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth, what began to happen is they all started spreading out to those places. Then some of them later were forced out by the persecution that took place in Jerusalem. But as we heard in this uh, little um, uh, story that was told on the video, um, the persecution almost started immediately for them. Almost started immediately. So while they had all of this amazing growth and all of this tremendous response to the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit being poured out and miracles being performed by the disciples and and others who were around them, and conversions left and right, here came the opposition. And one of the leaders of that opposition was a man named Saul. Saul, who was a part of the Sanhedrin. The Sanhedrin was made up of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And the Pharisees and the Sadducees were the leading Jewish leaders of the time. And the Pharisees believed in the resurrection, and the Sadducees didn't believe in the resurrection. And the way you know that is because, you know, it is sad you see that they didn't believe in the resurrection, the Sadducees. So the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the Sanhedrin, Paul, a Pharisee of Pharisees, a Hebrew of Hebrews, this man who was passionate, he he was so passionate, zealous, he was amazing. And he was so threatened by what was happening around him, he was appalled. And so he was leading the charge. We've got to stop this movement. We've got to somehow find a way to put this to an end. And he was the guy who was helping lead this. And then there was a man named Stephen that came. they came across. And Stephen gave this testimony of Jesus. And Stephen, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked up, was seeing the glorified Jesus said he's sitting on the right hand of God the Father and at that they covered their eyes their ears and maybe their eyes too I don't know but their ears covered their ears they screamed they shouted no no that's blasphemy and they picked up stones and they started throwing them on Stephen pounding him with these big stones and as that was happening Paul was over there on the side and they were laying their coats down because you can't throw stones when you got big coats and cloaks and robes on and they were laying him at Paul's feet and he was standing there approving of all this and they were hurling these stones and killing Stephen, just pounding him and pounding and and Stephen just just all he could see was Jesus at that moment when he was giving up his life the first woman, first martyr for the faith wow In the meantime, Peter and John and all the rest, they began to continue to testify. They threw him in jail. They tried to get him to stop, and all these people were gathering up. And then what they were doing was they began to form a fellowship, this fellowship of people that would have never sat down to a meal with one another because they were so different from each other. They didn't know one another. They were different, so diverse, multitude of diversity and languages and cultures and races. And let's look at, let's look at the uh, next passage of what happened. This is in Acts chapter 2 now. This is the church. What were they doing? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. Every day. Every day. I've told you in here before that our friend Daniel Conti, who pastors a, a church in Sierra Leone in Kissy Town, in, in uh, that area, but his phrase is he is adamant in Sierra Leone about depopulating the kingdom of darkness. Depopulating the kingdom of darkness by winning people to Jesus. Every day, the kingdom of darkness was being depopulated in Jerusalem in that area and going out from that place. Amazing. Amazing. In fact, he still says that. He texts me every Sunday, and he tells me, he says, Hey, Dad. He calls me Dad. We depopulated the kingdom of darkness by three souls today. Just so passionate about his his approach and what he's doing. As you know, Jesus told a lot of parables. He told a parable in Luke chapter 19 that was about the ten giving servants, ten, ten servants talents. It was a landlord, a guy that was the king. He went to get glorified in his kingdom, and he gave them all ten talents. Some of you maybe remember this parable. and And some of them... And they didn't know when he would come back, but he was going to come back. And when he did come back, there were were some who just rejected him outright. There were some who had that talent, and and they, they just took that talent, and they buried it in the ground. And they just gave that back to him. But there were others who took those talents that he gave them, and they multiplied those out. They were good stewards of what they had been given. There is a military term that is used, and this was also used in this parable and and that was given by the king, and it was this. Occupy till I come. Occupy till I come. We all have been given orders from our king, the Lord Jesus Christ. We all have been given talents and gifts by the Holy Spirit. And our orders have not changed. And they will not change until our king, Jesus, comes back. And he will come back. Occupy till I come. Use what I have given and trusted to you. To advance my kingdom. Jerusalem. Judea. Samaria. The ends of the earth. The great commission. It's still in place. It's still alive. It's still active today. It's been entrusted to us. And we have. A responsibility for that. Some people reject Jesus outright. Others of us have just sat on what we've been given, and you think, "Well, what have I been given?" Well, you've been given much. The fruit of the Spirit alone is incredible. The fruit of the Holy Spirit: love, joy, peace, kind, love, joy, peace, kindness, gentleness, goodness, and self-control. That's all. Those are all gifts we've all been given by the Holy Spirit. We are to live in the filling of the Holy Spirit daily. Every day we should ask for God, fill us, fill me. Lord. There's a little joke about a wife and a husband and he's sitting there next to her. and Fill me, Lord, with your spirit. And she's saying, God, don't do it. He leaks. It just leaks out. Of course, we have to ask for that infilling all the time. There is that moment of conversion when the Holy Spirit is is born in you when you are born again the holy spirit wires you up for the presence of god in your life but then there's a daily filling that we walk in and in that that's where that love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and self-control come from in our lives. occupy till i come because i'm coming again I am grateful for the two guys that shared Christ with me, three, when I was in college. One guy worked for Campus Crusade. It's called Crew now. He sat me down at a table. I was willing. I mean, I was just a freshman. And uh, he said, hey, can I tell you something? Well, okay, yeah. He opened this little book, and we have one out there in a basket. It's called Steps to Peace with God. And he said, what, do you know the Lord? I said, well, I don't know what you mean by that. And he pointed out to me that God had a plan for my life. And that he loved me. But he wants to be the Lord of my life. He said, he drew a chair, and I've done this before. He drew a chair, and he said, this is the throne of your life. This is your life, this, this throne. Who's sitting on that throne? Are you sitting on that throne? Or have you let Jesus, have you let God sit on that throne? And I said, well, I'm sitting on that throne. And he says, well, how's that working out for you? At that time, I thought it was working out for me just fine. What does a freshman in college know about anything? Two guys that were in our dorm, one was a total nerd, the other guy was a linebacker on the Iowa football team. They loved Jesus, and they walked it in the hallways, in the dormway. And I just, Mark Dagley and Don Syberry. They lived it. But it was another couple years. I had to dig a deeper hole. I had to get in more trouble. I had to come to the end of myself. Before all of that finally all started coming back to me. You see, the Holy Spirit, and I didn't know it at the time, used those seeds of testimony, those witnesses that plant something inside of me that would lay dormant for a couple of years until all of a sudden I had a need. And that all came back to me. And I was converted to Christ. And then I was ordained in pastoral ministry and I was commissioned as a missionary to go to Crested Butte and I was commissioned as a missionary to go to Taiwan. And I realized we've all been commissioned. We've all been called. We've all been set apart to play our role. I don't know the name of the guy that shared Christ with me the first time. Mark and Don, they have no clue what occurred to me in my life. One time I tried to look up Don Cybury, the linebacker guy, and I bundled up a few things and I said, thank you for leading me to Jesus. This is the course of my life because of your witness and your testimony. I sent it off because I knew it was from Michigan and I found some address up there. Sent a packet up there, never got a word back, so I have no clue. But occupy till I come. People have asked me, well, then, okay, you're retiring, June 30th. Gosh. And, and I keep trying to change that terminology because as believers, we never really retire. We continue in new roles and responsibilities, but our witness continues on, never stops. If we understand what it means when Jesus gave us these talents and said, gave us this commission... We've got more than 120 people in here this morning. That's a lot to start with. We had 400, over 450 in here on last Sunday. There's still work to be done. And he wants you to join him in it. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit that's been poured upon all of us. And what an enabling power that is. And as we sit here today and we consider the ways of our lives and we consider what we've been entrusted with, Lord, we thank you for the blessings. We thank you for the fruit of the Spirit, the, the Holy Spirit himself, that out of us comes fruitful, fruitful lives, Extending that love and joy and peace to others. Forgive us for getting so wrapped up in ourselves or allowing the word of God that is planted in us to be thwarted or choked out by the cares and concerns and worries of this world. And I want you to say this with me, all of you. Look up at me. You remember this song from BBS? Let's stand up a second. I may never march in the infantry. What is that next one? I may never. I'm in the Lord's army. All right, Jenny's got it. All right, here we go. We're gonna we're gonna get this, guys. Okay, here we go. Come on, Jenny. I may never march in the infantry, ride the cavalry, shoot the artillery. I may never fly o'er the enemy, but I'm in the Lord's army. Yes, sir. One more time, we can do this. I may never march in the infantry, ride in the cavalry, shoot the artillery. I may never fly or the enemy, but I'm in the Lord's army. Yes, sir. All right, we're going to sing, Be Thou My Vision. That's our hymn today. Mark.